definitely human. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey guys, welcome to Back to Earth, a podcast about roots. I'm Charlie May. This is episode 20. It is summertime and we're here for mum chat. I'm sure you agree that there can't possibly be anything more that mum can critique me on, but I know for a fact that this isn't true because she's been telling me all week. (laughs) So we just listened to episode 16 and 17. Yes, 16. Couldn't critique that at all. Absolutely fine. We're off to a good start. I love it. Yes, that was the one about the um, allotments and whatever. 17 on the other hand. Your trip down to Braunton Burrows. The first question I have, if you've got swans, what are their babies called? Uh, ugly ducklings. No, what? Uh, mallards? No. Oh, God. I'm, my, my brain, I didn't realise this was going to be a quiz. My brain is gone. <laughs> you said there's some swans and their little babies. Look at the little goslings. Oh, is it not goslings? It's goslings, ducks, babies. Goslings no. Geese. geese. Okay. Geese. Oh. Swans have cygnets. Oh. So you saw Signets, not Goslings. Okay. God, I thought I was really right on there by saying it was such confidence, but mum dashes me down again. <laughs> A small detail. <laughs> and presumably the cows, I got very incorrect. I, I was wincing when we listened to it together. I'm pretty sure I was talking about dairy cows when I said Frisian. And, yeah, tell me. Frisians are designed, they're, they're the black and white cows that produce milk and you wouldn't ever see them down on the burrows because Frisians obviously need to stay fairly close to the home farm so they can go in and be milked twice a day. Right. What you've got down on the burrows is beef cattle. But are they down there to keep the marshland sort of chewed and, yeah. and small yeah. or are they there because the marshland is particularly fertile for them for their meat or like what's the... Bit of both. I mean, it's this farm always had marshland grazing land and that was your summer grazing for the cows and um, the waterways were dug by hand to keep the ground drained because it used to be accessible by the sea and they put up that huge wall to reclaim the land if you like and so to help the marshes dry out so that the cows didn't disappear up to their bellies in mud they dug trenches all around the outside, which is the little waterways where all the ducks are swimming around now. Okay, so what were the brown cows? So, there's so many different cows, I wouldn't like to guess. Anything but, but Frisian. 
anything but Frisian yet. You can tell a milking cow because it's got no meat on it. Other cows, they are bred for their beef. They could have been heifers that are being brought on. They could have been, I, I don't know what they were um, without seeing them for myself. So was the cow that we saw with horns male or female? It would have been female. All cows are born with horns potentially. Some only grow one horn. All the cows that we used to have had to have their horns cut off at some point because they can hurt one another. You know, one toss of the head and they can gore a great hole down your side. Oh, wow, that's so interesting. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. More learning for me. And what was the structure that we cycled past that had um, the kind of wicker things? And- I honestly, I can only think it might have been some sort of fencing. It was probably made out of willow. You can snap off a branch from a willow tree, stick it in the ground and it will grow. You don't need to wait for it to have roots. They used to weave willow because it's very bendy. You can make wicker baskets out of it. And in uh, eastern England, in the fens, they make willow tubes to catch eels and that sort of thing. Heaven only knows what that was for. It could have been fencing. It could have been anything. Mm. Don't know. So there was sort of a little lake with like a building in the middle. Yeah. What was that? that? that, Those would have been ancient cattle shelters. Okay. It's all this um, piece of land that would have once upon a time, hundreds of years ago, been washed over by the sea. They've tried to reclaim the land by building dikes around the outside for the water to drain onto. As for Nigel's new farmhand, i.e. me, how did I do with the chainsaw? Well, I thought you did marvellously. I managed to not cut off any of your limbs, which is what Nigel said to me, is you might not cut off your own limb, but you might with your mum, so please be careful. So I was so scared. (laughs) No, the only danger you had was that you lost an earring. (laughs) I know, I lost an earring. Devastated. But I was wearing those earmuffs and yeah, I think it probably got lost in the foliage. You're you're a budding um, farmhand. You'll, You'll come to all these things. You'll need to in time when I'm not here. You'll have to do it all. You're a bit fed up with me wearing fashion on the farm, aren't you? You're always trying to tell me, you know, you can't wear your nice stuff on the farm, even though I insist. (laughs) Well, I'm just thinking of you damaging it, you know. You will wear your nice trainers into the chicken shed, which isn't a good idea. But, you know, you'll have to go out and buy new, so that's your problem, not mine. So we just listened to episode 18. Um, It is raining quite torrentially against the windows right now. So we're feeling very cozy inside, aren't we? Oh, yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Typical British summer. After the heat wave last week comes the rain. So this week's episode was the straw sale, first and foremost. Um, I really enjoyed doing that. That was the first time I'd ever seen it on the farm. It was really fun to kind of see all that in action. Yeah, you did come across, you were sort of buzzing at the end of it, weren't you? You painted a very um, rosy, artistic um, (laughs) picture of the farm. They're talking about it in in the rain with the corn waving in the distance and the cow parsley with its rain droplets. She knows how to set a scene. I'm trying to build a picture so our listeners feel like they're there. But I honestly, I got so soaked by the time I'd actually locked up and gone home because I I took so many photos and videos for social meds and I just needed to capture the artistic moment that I just got absolutely soaked. So, but it was beautiful. <laughs> um, so the auction was really great hearing how, you know, you heard in that first bit, you know, he tried to start it at one thirty, and then there was a bit of hesitation. So he dropped down to a hundred and then it went way above one thirty. Yes. So say, for example, they're bidding on a 10 acre field and they win the bid at, you know, 130 pounds then they're going to pay for 10 acres, they're going to pay 1300 And that's what they pay for the straw. So you will get lots of bales to the acre. Whereas to buy bales of straw in from elsewhere, you're buying for the weight of the straw. So it's cheaper to actually buy the field of standing straw 
when we cut it, they know about it. They come up with a baling machine and the trailer and then they cart it all back to their farm and it's a much cheaper way of producing the straw. I think I got a bit confused because um, somewhere along the line I heard that it was £160 a bale, I think, to, for straw. Or was it £160 a ton? £160 a ton. Right. Um, but some of these bales are so huge, you probably only get two to the ton. Oh, wow. Okay. They have to be moved with machine. You can't do it by hand. One chap there was buying to sell on to horse and horse people like the small bales. You know, as we did, if you remember when we were lambing, you could just grab a straw bale out of the pile and you could carry it yourself. Mm-hmm. But you can't carry these great big ones. Well, people that have horses don't have tractors and machinery to hoof about. No. about to have about big bits of straw no yeah it's cheaper for them to come up and do it themselves and it's so much easier for us because all we want as you said in the um, episode all we want is the grain we don't the the straw is surplus to what we need sell that off and um, store the grain in the shed until i sell it later on christmas and beyond anything else i got wrong in the episode i'm trying to think now didn't get anything wrong my love no my goodness (laughs) i could get used to this yeah you're learning fast Uncle Patrick's garden, that was all straightforward. The tomatoes. One of the things I think I should point out because I didn't make it clear was tricky pigs. Some Maybe some people don't know what tricky pigs are and tricky pigs to us are woodlice, aren't they? Why have we called them tricky pigs? Is that a Devonshire thing? It's a Devonshire thing. Everybody in Devon knows what a tricky pig is, (laughs) but um, they are actually a woodlouse. We have them everywhere. Are they everywhere in the whole of the UK? Because I feel like in Devon they are absolutely everywhere. I feel like I didn't see them that much in London. You probably saw some when you lived in the basement, but you certainly did didn't see them when you lived on the second floor they wouldn't get up to those i don't even think i saw them in the basement but yeah i mean they're not crawling around on the pavement that's for sure so no they like damp they like dark they're very very attracted to wood they like damp wood you see them in our log store they're in the garden in the roots of the vegetables where the where the uh, soil is damp if you pick up a plant pot on the terrace there they'll be underneath the plant pot little divils (laughs) with uncle patrick's garden That house was my grandmother's, on dad's side, childhood home. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, it was her parents before her. Your great-grandparents lived there. Oh, wow. Yes. Back in in the the family when it was one great big house and now it's been divided up into flats. But the wall garden, really, because it is so vast... The Stephen that comes in and he's the one who keeps it all neat and tidy. And his main love is exhibiting at competitions at local shows. Yes, we saw some of that, didn't we? He's the one growing all these fantastic carrots and parsnips and whatever to produce at a show. And in return for the use of the garden, Patrick gets all the vegetables that he wants. It's just unbelievable goals to see how big that garden is and like hardly a weed in sight. There were two... There are two plum trees, yes. So the plum trees were dad's trees, right? How's that? He bought two trees. He's desperately keen to have Victoria plums and it's always too windy and there was nowhere we could put them where we knew that they would be guaranteed to have plums. So in the end, he said to his brother, if I give you the trees, can we have some plums back? So Patrick took the trees and planted them side by side and he called the trees David and Arlene. And I get a big bag of plums every year from them. They look very happy there, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Well, it's so sheltered there. They're going to provide all the plums you need. They would never have done it here. That's the one thing we can't really grow here is being on top of the hill. It's just too windy. So the Atlantic winds. um, We'll see what happens with that in the vineyard. (laughs) Okay, let's do another one. (laughs) 
So we just listened to 19, the circle of life has sent mum, has sent her off on a giggling fit. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was so amazing to see the harvest. And um, thank you for inviting me with, you went off with Nigel to see the field and check if it was all, you know, ready. I'd never seen that before and munching it between your teeth. And, you know, it's all very yeah, well, traditional. question of inviting you. You're a farmer now. You've got to come and see what yeah. we do. Well, exactly. Yes, it helps the understanding of what's involved. Yeah, exactly. And I'd never seen that before or understood, you know, how many ears are supposed to be on the corn, the different types of, no, not corn, barley. Mm. I did say corn or no, did I say yeah, wheat? Corn is a generic term oh, for all of it. Yes, we call it corn. It's not to be mistaken with sweet corn. Right. Um, corn is grain. Corn is in, grain. In America, they might say different because they grow sweet corn over there, you know, big time, don't they? That's not corn with a Q. That's no. Corn. <laughs> That's corn with a C. <laughs> um, there were different, not different brands, what can you say, different types of barley that we saw. Some had little very curly um, ears on yes. and they were all different yeah. types. Different varieties. Yes, yes different varieties. So this year um, we have one main variety called cassia, but there were a couple of others. There was a a change of cropping plan at the end and so we needed to buy more seed and we couldn't get cassia so we moved on to two others one was called valerie and one was called memento and which one performed the best i think it was valerie actually she's not done too bad i'm sure it was valerie nigel would tell you anyway <laughs> need to add a nigel chat to the mum chat yeah because there were, there were some in the field that we weren't even expecting right i don't know if the grain had accidentally got mixed up or the seed but yeah it had very curly whiskers and yes we did talk to the agronomist about that and he said it was because of the weather at the time that the crop was growing it was actually valerie but as the um, head unfurled it left a wiggle on the orns oh, orns a-u-n those are the whiskery bits that you see on the barley and um they didn't come out straight they came out curly is there an ideal number of grains on the head is it 36 or something or yeah. is it just however many you can yes. get over i think it's over 34 you like to see in poor years you'd be lucky if you get 20 and you want to see the grain of a fair size that's what makes the bushel weight the fatter the grain, the heavier it weighs. I absolutely loved going up in the combine harvester. It was such a treat. Um, I was practically giddy with excitement and you could hear it in my voice. It was amazing to see all the grains sort of being chucked in. There was a glass panel. I didn't even notice half the time I was sat in there, we were just chatting and I was looking out the front window and then all of a sudden I turned around and oh my God, I can see all the grain being pushed in from behind and then being put into the trailer. It was really, really cool. And I also said to him, because I never really understood the point of the red spinny brush thing in the front and he showed me the difference between if you have it on and if you don't have it on and obviously it does make a difference of course there's a reason for it to be there charlie but yeah it helps just kind of push it up behind so whether you you can't see it from the front but when you're actually sat behind you can see that it helps feed it into the mechanism yes. what is that thing called i don't know the actual word i always call it the the bed Okay. Um, I don't know if that's the right term for it, but I've always ever known it as the bed. Probably better than red spinny thing. Yes. <laughs> 
Yes, I think it's 24 feet wide. It cuts the field 24 feet at a time. I think I'm right in saying, I'm not sure, because combines come in different widths. Yes. And the bed obviously is separate to the combine and that has to be, you can't drive along the road with that on because it's too wide. So you take the bed off and then Nigel takes that on a special design trailer and that goes along separately to the field and then they're all hooked up together in the field. And I think I was incorrect that the guy didn't buy a brand new combine harvester, did he? He was borrowing somebody's... Somebody else's combine, yes. He was. He's using They're somebody quite else. expensive, aren't they? They're sort of yeah, a quarter figures. of a million. Yeah, they are very expensive. You can get them up to that much. I think, you know, a second-hand one is certainly six figures anyway. Wow. So it's a lot of money to have sitting in the yard doing nothing 10 months of the year. Mm. I suppose you can't rent them when it comes to the time because they're just in such high demand. And yeah. even the guy that he was driving, he then had to go off and do his own fields. And so it's all a bit of a... Yes, the combine went back to his farm so that he could do his barley before it came back to do our wheat. Listening back, I feel like I was a bit cutting. I do hope the guy who cut ours last year isn't listening to this podcast. <laughs> well, thank God you didn't name him. No. <laughs> well, I mean, it wasn't just me. Everybody at the yes. straw sale had something yeah, to say, didn't yeah. they? But... <laughs> Um, word yeah. certainly gets around in this town. If you don't do something that other people like, then there everybody a, will know about there it. There is a definite skill to driving a combine. And one of the first things you need to do is drive slowly. And some people, they just don't know how to go slow and their foot's hard down and they just go too fast and the machinery can't cope with it. And that was one of the things that he was doing. He was going too fast. Well, you try and rush because you've got so many things to do. You think by going faster, but it doesn't actually help, does no. it? Yeah. You did say in that field there were things to watch out for, aren't there, when you're driving over them? Yes, there were drain covers, uh, manhole covers. In that particular field, it's it's on a hill. And obviously, we've got the village at the top of the hill. And those are the manhole covers that take the sewage away. Oh, God. Okay. And um, they go straight down over the middle of our farm. So um, you need to watch out for them because if you hit the tops, they're all big, deep holes that are lined with bricks. And you just break the lot and then somebody's got to come in and reconstruct it so it's best not to yeah go around them you said that you were always <laughs> you said that you were always quite interested in keeping bees yeah. didn't you i've always fancied beekeeping i remember my father saying i love honey i'm gonna keep a bee one yeah <laughs> but um no i've always been totally intrigued by bees wasps give me the ebgbs but i just adore bees i don't know what it is but i just think they have such an amazing system the way they work and they don't intentionally sting you either no they don't want to do they it no. kills them and yeah. i think it's so conditioned in us to fear bees because of wasps because a wasp will sting you and i think i don't think i've ever been stung by a bee i think i've always been stung by wasps no, it would be lovely to have bees. And I suppose from here on in, we need to talk to the is it Beekeeping Association yes. and see about the next steps. Yes, definitely. I'll leave you to do that. More to come on the podcast. Yes, yeah. exactly. Cut to you and I dressed in full beekeeping <laughs> garb. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Cut a dash, won't we? Yeah, absolutely. Maybe I could do some Charlie May beekeeping attire. Just, do you think you'll still have your handbag with you? Oh, yeah, defo. <laughs> your Prada handbag. My Prada handbag. <laughs> <laughs> Take a few bees home with me by accident. Yeah. 
Oh, amazing. Well, I don't think I did too badly this week in all the last four weeks in the mum chat. I think you've let me get off lightly with some of the things that I got wrong. Oh, as the months are rolling by, you're learning so much more and there's going to be in a minute a point where there's no point in critiquing you at all because you'll be critiquing me. Oh, that's what we like to hear. <laughs> amazing. All right. Well, over and out until next time. Bye. Bye. Once again, I have walked through the fires of my mother's criticism and have come out unscathed. Join me again next week as I continue to be absolutely perfect in every way. In the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram at Back to Earth Podcast, on Twitter at Back to Earth Pod, and on TikTok at Back to Earth Charlie. Music is by John Day, artwork is by Eric Chow, and this episode was edited by David Knight. Thank you guys, and thank you for listening. And if you're kindly supporting us on Patreon, stay tuned for our show series, Hashtag Farm Life. This week we'll be talking about harvest time. Find out more at patreon.com forward slash definitely human. And don't forget, Back to Earth is a definitely human production. Okay, bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.